Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. And welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Milton Glick, who's in for Ron Aaron, who is on assignment today, uh, along with our co-host, uh, Marissa Charles, who is uh, a WellMed family practitioner at WellMed at Ingram Mall and a doctor of osteopathy. And um, and, I, and our guest today is, uh, for a while we have her, is going to be uh, Emily Bowen. Dr. Emily Bowen is a physician at WellMed at Ben White in Austin, Texas. Earned her medical degree from the University of Texas uh, Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas. She has also completed both her residency in internal uh, medicine and a fellowship in geriatrics at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas. Dr. Bowen is a certified or is certified in internal medicine. Uh, Dr. Bowen, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am good. I just would say two things. I've moved. They moved me oh. down to WellMed and Kyle. So I'm not at Ben hey, White anymore. All right. I've been in Kyle for about the last, well, since February of 2020, actually. Um, and yeah, Kyle's just a little bit south of Austin. And then, um, yes, and I did also earn my board certification in geriatrics now, too. Yeah, it's, it occurs to me. Yeah. It occurs to me this topic is particularly timely because of the holidays. I know that more people are going to be getting together uh, this time of year than maybe last year. And uh, Alzheimer's is going to be, uh, for some, uh, on their minds. Do you want to discuss that, uh, Dr. Bowen? Because um, yeah, I think, <clears throat> yeah, um, so just like about, I'll, what you, give me a question. Yeah, I'm what so sorry. No, <laughs> what I'm going is this is, this is the first okay. time they will have seen some of their loved ones in a long time. And so they may notice little quirks and little things that are coming up that they didn't notice last year or even the year before uh, in their loved ones. Yeah. And they may wonder, is this Alzheimer's? Is this just uh, uh, aging and memory? And so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that that's really a great point because um, kind of the definition of dementia and what separates dementia from just a typical um, age-related cognitive impairment is that dementia gets worse over time. And so um, if you're noticing a change in your loved ones, like, hey, you know, last year mom was doing all of her own medications, doing all of her own finances, driving totally fine, but now this year... She's gotten lost a few times. She keeps forgetting to take her medicines. Maybe she's forgotten to pay a few bills. That's when I think the red flags should be going up that, hey, maybe we need to talk to the doctor and see about getting her some cognitive testing because um, there could be something more serious going on here. So um, now chances are if you're talking to that loved one, and I I, I was uh, telling Dr. Charles that, that I've got a personal connection uh, with Alzheimer's, and, and I don't know, honestly, um, can you think of anyone whose family hasn't been touched by Alzheimer's? Dr. Charles? Not really. <laughs> Probably no, not. not really. I mean, mine, yeah. mine too, yes. So, But that conversation is, uh, one, scary to have with your physician, and two, um, it's difficult. Um, how, how do you talk, how do you broach having that conversation with your loved one? Hey, I'm noticing this, Mom. Um, 
uh, you probably need to talk to your doctor or can I go with your doctor with you to your doctor? Uh, how do you broach it with the loved one to even uh, get to the doctor to have that conversation? Yeah. So, um, such, oh, are you asking me? Sure, Dr. <laughs> Bowen, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. sorry. Um, such a good question um, because nobody wants you to be kind of picking on them or bringing to light um, concerns that you have about their cognition, about their memory, when perhaps the patient has already noticed a few of those things and is sensitive about it. So it's, it's not an easy thing to bring up. Um, I think what I would suggest for families um, and similar to you, my grandmother um, is 95 years old with Alzheimer's disease. And so I definitely walked this with my parents. Um, but I think coming out of a place of, um, hey, you know, we really, we love you. We really want you to um, enjoy life. We want to make sure that you are happy, healthy, and safe. And I've got, you know, just I've noticed a few things that I think we need to talk to your doctor more about. Um, not being accusatory at all, um, not saying, well, you're forgetting everything, Mm -hmm. um, but really coming from a place of we want to keep you independent because I think that's what a lot of people fear is losing their independence. And if you point out that, oh, you've gotten lost all these times driving, I think their first thought is, well, you're going to take my keys away. And so I think the loss of of independence is what people are really, really frightened by. Um, So I think as a family showing concern, love, coming from a place of we are really on your side, we want to keep you happy and functioning, um, and then absolutely, please, 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 please go with your loved one to the doctor, um, because so much of um, evaluating memory, evaluating cognition is dependent upon um, history of how the person is functioning. Um, And so I'm always, always looking to family to tell me those things like, this is, you know, who they who they were, who they used to be, the things that they were able to do, and then here's kind of what I've noticed we're struggling with now, and here's the time course. And if you do have a patient with dementia, they're not typically able to give you that history in a reliable fashion. Assuming you can get the the patient in, uh, Dr. Bowen, and 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 it's not terribly difficult. Um, it's probably better, I'm just guessing, again, from experience, to err on the side of getting in too early uh, than missing uh, or getting in too late. Uh, or, or maybe getting, you know, being a little, um, oh, hypersensitive about it. Um, but people, oh, no, mom's fine. No, it's probably better to, to, to just make that mistake and get them in earlier. Is that is that right? I, I think so. Um I think so. Um, certainly, I don't want families to fear, oh, no, if we don't get them there on day one, we're going to miss out on some miracle treatment or miracle cure because there really is no such thing. Um, it's more an issue of um, kind of planning and um, counseling. So I think the sooner that we can identify that a person has cognitive impairment, has dementia, the sooner that we can get them um, the support that they need um, and avoid avoid medication mistakes, avoid medication errors, avoid car accidents, avoid financial misadventures. Um, there's so much planning and prevention. I think once once you realize that someone's struggling with with their cognition, you can ask their family to become more involved um, in those issues specifically um, because you know we never we never want our patients to have a horrible car accident. We never want our patients to um, lose lose significant amounts of money. And I've definitely heard and seen those stories where 
someone, you know, gave out thousands of dollars to a charity that wasn't true or, you know, maybe they were taking their blood pressure medication too many times or not at all. And so those are the kinds of things that we're trying to get ahead of, trying to prevent wandering away from the home and getting lost, those kinds of things. And it's it's often difficult, too, for the family because now the roles are switched. That person that took care of them for so long now needs to be taken care of. And uh, 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 Dr. Bowen, they've got to have, a, a I think, a certain mentality switch uh, for the family. Yeah. It, I mean, I think that's one of the absolute, absolute hardest things is I spend a lot of time um, working with my patients' kids. Um, and just kind of coaching them through exactly that because there's a lot of um, respect and dignity um, issues there. And, and if you're the child, it feels bad to suddenly be, you know, bossing around your parent or kind of um, taking over more of a, um, a authority type role with your parent. Those things feel really, really bad to do. Um, <clears throat> and so I spend a lot of time kind of coaching kids Pardon me. I spent a lot of time coaching kids through, you know, just troubleshooting. Um, how do you talk to your parents when you kind of realize, hey, we really need to take away the keys for their safety? And how do you kind of take over managing a parent's medication when it gets to that point? And, and those are extremely difficult situations. Yes. And uh, Dr. Bowen, we're going to take a break in just a second, um, but in 30 seconds, and then I'll ask Dr. Charles, too, this after the break. Uh, you mentioned uh, medicines and, and stuff. That, is, there, is there hope? Uh, has it changed? And is there th- stuff on the horizon that should give us hope if we've uh, got a parent who has Alzheimer's? <laughs> well, there's always hope. Okay. Um, there's, <laughs> there's always hope. There's lots and lots of research going on. Um, historically, the medications that we have to offer have not been extremely effective or curative. Um, there is a new treatment that the FDA approved um, called aducanumab. Um, I have not used it um, at all or really considered it. I think it's largely still being used only in research settings. Um, it's a monoclonal antibody, and I think that its FDA approval was um, kind of fraught with controversy. So, um so there, there are, there is a new treatment, um, not necessarily one that I am advocating, but I think stay tuned and see what's out there for the future. Um, there's always hope. There you go. I like that, Dr. Bowen. I know you need to leave, so we're going to take a break. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Marisa Charles. You are listening to WellMed Radio. WellMed is a homegrown Texas healthcare provider. During the Medicare annual enrollment period, be sure to pick a plan that includes WellMed for care focused on you. Visit WellMed, find a doctor.com slash radio three or call 210-675-8189. Calling this number connects to Simply Enroll, license number 2623676, a licensed insurance agency that explains Medicare Advantage and Medicare supplemental insurance drug options to Medicare enrollees. Welcome back to WellMed Radio, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, who is uh, at the WellMed Clinic in Ingram Mall. She's a uh, family practitioner and a doctor of osteopathy. And uh, 
osteopathy. I'm going to get it right. I think I just did. I'm going to stop. It's all right. It's all right. You're close. Uh, you got it. Hey, um, I know Dr. Bowen had to leave, but you and I are going to talk a little bit about Alzheimer's. And it's it's fascinating because, as both you and I said, this touches our family. But I don't know what, what you go through, uh, and I don't know what the doctor is going through uh, with this. And I imagine... Um, Tell us what it looks like from your perspective, uh, kind of what you wish every patient knew, every family knew. Okay. You know, well, you know, of course, um, dementia can be quite devastating. And I know you mentioned you have a personal connection, as do I. Um, and it's hard to find people these days who have not been affected in some way, shape or form by by dis- dementia, yeah. Alzheimer's in particular. Um, you know, for, for most of our patients at this point, we start screening, you know, anybody who's about 65 or above, um, we do a yearly memory screen and it's a very short little test that we do, um, just to try to identify people that might be at risk for memory loss and Alzheimer's at earlier stages, because like Dr. Bowen said, we do want to catch it when it's a little bit earlier, if nothing else than for, um, teaching and coaching and to try to get people, um, to understand understand more about the condition and what it's going to look like, you know, moving forward, because Alzheimer's does progress, it gets worse over time. And so figuring out um, when somebody comes in with memory loss, if there's if it is Alzheimer's versus another maybe reversible cause of memory loss. And so there's a lot of, you know, screening that would go into that. So we usually will start off with at least a a quick memory test that we can do here in the office. It's, it's really pretty simple. Um, Part of it involves drawing a little clock and seeing if you can still, you know, uh, remember all of the things that it takes for to get a clock to say a specific time, which I know with the next generations is going to be harder <laughs> You're right. digital phones. I don't think we're going to be able to use that anymore after a while, but for now it still works. And um, then there's, you know, if we find somebody who has an abnormal test and we go on and do a little bit more in depth, you know, things like, um, cause some of it has to do with focus and attention that we're trying to identify people that are having a hard time, which is why a lot of symptoms of the Alzheimer's at the beginning will be things like, you know, Hey, mom's asking me the same question over and over and she doesn't remember what I, what I answered. Um, or, you know, they start, you know, like, like Dr. Bowen was talking about forgetting to pay the bills, forgetting to take their medicines. Sometimes it gets to a point where they are forgetting even how to put their clothes on appropriately or putting on appropriate clothes, for example, to leave the house, you know, sweaters, jackets, all of those things, um, can be symptoms. So we do the screenings and we try to identify, you know, the, the people that are having trouble with their memory earlier on so that we can start teaching and coaching about that. So, yes, we worry about the driving, you know, that you don't want to be the one that ends up lost and and on one of those what they call them silver alerts, you know, where um, your family member. I've had patients that, um, you know, the family member comes in with that concern. Hey, you know, mom got lost. You know, she was. I had one patient that was an hour away, almost in Austin. I'm, we're in San Antonio here um, before um, she realized how far off the mark she was and finally pulled over and called, you know, somebody for help from a gas station. But those are terrifying, yeah. you know, those situations. For everybody. Um, for everybody involved, exactly, the whole family. Um, and so we have patients 
you know, the ones I worry about the most are people that are still living by themselves, for example, um, and want to continue to do so. You know, I do have some patients so independent, they want to be on their own. And so when we identify the Alzheimer's, even if it's still in earlier stages, then we can start them on, on medicines. And, and no, there isn't any perfect cure. There isn't any treatment. We talk a lot about good nutrition, you know, for prevention. Um, people that struggle with depression and anxiety should get that treated because extended periods of severe depression, anxiety can also increase the risk of progressing to something like Alzheimer's. Um, exercise is so important yep. um, for, for prevention and, and um, memory games. We, you know, I know it seems like simplistic, but engaging the mind and almost like we're exercising it makes a difference. And so, you know, having patients do their puzzles, you know, and and I remember, so I, my personal connection was my mother, um, who was in her late 80s when she started to really struggle with her memory. But I can remember, cause she could carry on a decent conversation, maybe, you know, because she would tell me stories about when she was younger. But I remember getting um, a kid's puzzle, you know, that I had laying around from one of my kids. And it was a very simple, might have had about 10 pieces. And I was like, hey, mom, let's try to do this little puzzle. She couldn't do it. And mm. I, you know, that was eye-opening to me that, you know, I had not realized how far her memory loss had progressed. And so, um, you know, things like that, having your patient, you know, having patients, having people do things like the little word searches, little exercises, playing games, engaging, even card games where you're having to engage and talk to other people and remember the rules of the games. Like those are are difficult when you're struggling with memory and and helpful when you're trying to figure out if that's something that's going on with your family member. Yeah, the um, I'll, I'll, if it's okay, she has passed, but I, uh, hopefully she's not listening from somewhere. But I'll, I'll, tell, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell a tale on my mom, who we noticed was having cognitive issues, uh, and she had to be hospitalized because she fell. And so the doctor who was there in, in the hospital room uh, decided, they, you know, hey, listen, let's just do the test that you were talking about. And, uh, you know, one of the questions was as simple as, do you know what day of the week it is? Do you know what month this is? And, um, of course, if you're in a hospital room, that's written on the, um, on the wall on a, a white, a whiteout board. So in watching mom, I was looking for her to, to give the answer and I noticed her head looking beyond the doctor to the, the, the whiteout board and uh, saying what was on the whiteout board. So I knew, you know, she kind of, yeah, uh, but, uh. It was just, it was just sort of a, I think that even the doctor found it humorous that she was cheating on her test. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I've had patients tell me it's 1972, you know, I've had, yeah. I've, you know, times where I've asked them, hey, who's the president right now? You know, because most people that are paying at least some attention yeah. to current events would be able to tell you who the president of the United States is right now. And I've had, you know, I had one gentleman that told me it was Eisenhower. I was like, right, right now? Yeah, yeah, Eisenhower. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's you know, those little cognitive tests, the little memory tests. Um, there's a lot that have, you know, where you focus on attention as well, where, for example, how many animals can you name in a minute, which seems simple, but if you actually try to do it, like, you know, you have to be able to remember and concentrate and focus and, and trying to come up with different animals. Anyway, so yeah. there's a lot of little components there to those memory tests, but you know that that step one is just identifying the people that are that are on that spectrum or that are starting to struggle, and then making sure they have resources. 
Yeah. So if, yeah, because, you know, if they're not able to keep up with their medications, then we need to figure out some way to make that easier, be it pill boxes or, you know, somebody actually administering the meds to them every day or, you know, finding other ways to, to set reminders. Because, for example, in a patient who's diabetic, for example, I've had that, you know, where they cannot keep up with their medications and the diabetes is out of control and they end up with so many other complications, but it all stems from the memory. Yeah, and um, I'll tell folks you're listening to WellMed Radio, and we're talking to uh, Dr. Marissa Charles, co-host of WellMed Radio each week. Ron Aaron is on assignment, uh, but we're talking about Alzheimer's. And, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned the resources. I want to get back to that in a second, but one of the challenges I know for families is, because you mentioned this also, where they repeat the same thing, or they'll they'll ask a question again and again and again, or they'll refer to something another year, uh, and they'll say, well, Eisenhower is president. And the temptation, and uh, you can tell me whether this is accurate, the temptation is to correct that, that person who has Alzheimer's. And it's counterintuitive, but the advice is to go against that. Is that right? Well, you know, sometimes if you, you know, are constantly telling them, no, that's not right. No, you're doing it wrong. No, no, no. I think that breeds a little bit more defensiveness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, doesn't doesn't tend to help the situation because it's not like somebody who you're trying to to teach something like they're not going to be able to retain the new information in a lot of cases. And so, you know, I see that and and I saw that actually within my own family. Um, So my mother was living with one of my sisters and I would see my sister getting so agitated and so upset with my mother because she couldn't remember to do certain things or she, you know, when she would ask the question three or four times, mom, you already asked me that. And it was difficult to, to, you know, try to help her. Hey, let's take a step back. She's not doing it on purpose. And that's also something that you have to explain often to family members because it can be such a big source of tension. So does it help to constantly correct them and, and try to, you know, teach them again? You know, often it doesn't. No. And so it just breeds anxiety and it breeds, you know, you know, anger and, and turns into fights that are unnecessary. And so, so yeah, usually it's like, okay, if, if that's, you know, that's what you think is going on. Okay, that's fine. I mean, as long as there's nothing where the person would be in, in danger or where yeah. there's, you know, a concern Correct. like that. Yeah, I think too. Uh, no, I think you're right. Initially, on my part, there was a little bit of hope that if I could just teach them, as you said, that th- who the president was right now or what year we were in, that I would um, change things around a little bit. And really, it was more for me uh, than for her in terms of, uh, of of having these arguments and having these fights. Hey, um, talk about some of the resources when when patients come to you, Doctor Charles, and they say, "Well, what do I do uh, now? What are some of those resources that you guys recommend?" Um, so, you know, Alzheimer's, um, there is a Alzheimer's, uh, society. Um, and so we've got also, I think it's Alzheimer's.org is the, um, website. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Al- Alzheimer's association, uh, definitely has a lot of resources online and even through WellMed, you know, we have resources, um, you know, obviously WellMed radio, you know, we'll often, you know, talk about these, um, diagnoses, but through the the charitable foundation and um, there's a lot of information that you can reach through them. Now with the Alzheimer's association, they have pamphlets, they have informational, um, you know, 
just resources that you can read because for a lot of patients and, and their family members, they feel so alone. They yeah. just feel so isolated in that diagnosis and seeing your family member deteriorate is so difficult. And so sometimes being able to connect with other people that are also going through the same struggle, um, you know, that makes a world of difference. And also, you know, having people knowing that you can discuss, knowing that you can talk to other people about, um, you know, in, in the clinic with the with your physician, with other people um, in the um, in the medical offices, especially through WellMed, you know, because we know that this is such a common condition. Um, you know, we try to offer those kinds of resources. Yeah, and I know that uh, you you uh, brought this up, but I'll just reiterate it. And that is that support group. Uh, it, it tends to make you feel not as alone when you hear that other people are experiencing the exact same thing. And here's how they dealt with it, or here's what we found to be success. Or they say, "Oh, you need to call uh, this company. They did a great job for me in helping coming in and, and visiting my mom each day." It it makes a, a huge difference. Got about a minute and a half, Doctor Charles. I have a weird question for you. Okay, and that weird question sure. is, talk about this from a physician standpoint because you're dealing with older patients all the time. How difficult is this for you and for the for the doctors that have to treat this every day? You know, me personally, um, you know, we tend to get attached. You know, we tend to get attached to our patients, and we may not be seeing them all that often. You know, maybe every three or four months, maybe every six months, depending on on the individual and and the conditions that they have, but. You know, it's certainly difficult when you have a patient come in, you know, maybe for their six-month follow-up, you haven't seen them, and you start to see the signs. You know, you start to see where they are starting to struggle more with memory, and then the family member will pipe in saying, yes, you know, they're having these struggles. And so the conversation is a difficult one, like you said, and, um, you know, trying to, you know, allay the fear, you know, because that's what most people will start to feel is very, very scared. And so, and I try to focus on the positive things, you know, the things that you can do, you know, if you are struggling with your memory or, or there's a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, even if it's in earlier stages or mild. Um, and then we talk about, you know, the medications, but personally, you know, I do find it a very difficult topic because people don't want to lose their independence. They don't want to you know, have that idea that they're not going to be able to um, remember their family members and it happens. Yeah. Dr. So, Charles, we've yeah. got to run. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm Milton Glick. Thanks for Ron to let me sit in. This is WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.